Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Megan Anderson Show. It's It's been a minute since I did a breakdown, but I thought what better than coming back from UFC 251, uh, doing some breakdowns, particularly about title fights. But man, I am so excited. We're finally on Fight Island. I feel like we've been talking about Fight Island for months now, but finally it's here. It's happening. It's going down, and I wanted to, to start off with uh, our 135-pound title fight, which, you know, the last time we kind of talked about the, the band of weights was Henry Cejudo fighting Dominic Cruz, and the big shock after that fight of him retiring, which I think is really exciting for the division. There are so many good matchups to make, and this is just one of them. Uh, we have... Uh, Petra Jan versus Jose Aldo, which I am so excited for. You know, Petra Jan, I would say, is a very highly touted prospect. He has come up with such dominating fashion, and it is so exciting and so intriguing for someone who has only had six fights in the UFC, particularly in a division that is as stacked as the bantamweight, to get a title fight. But his hands and his accolades have done the talking for him. He has finished seven of his 13 wins. Um, and he his, the only loss that he has on his record, he avenged. Um, he, Although he had his amateur debut for MMA in 2014, he has an extensive boxing record. He has 70 amateur boxing fights. And that experience, I feel like, has helped him tremendously when, a, when he is crossed over to MMA because all of that experience from boxing and being in the ring, he can draw on and, and really use. And, and he's so calm in those, those tough firefight positions. Whereas Jose Aldo, man, probably one of the greatest of all time. He is on a two fight losing streak. He lost uh, to Alexander Volkanovsky uh, in Brazil. And then he is coming off of the split decision loss in his bantamweight debut uh, to Marlon Marais. And Marais went on to, to have the title shot. So I was firstly so surprised that Aldo actually made 135 pounds. I didn't see that coming. When they first announced that he was going to drop to bantamweight, I was like, what? What? Like, he's a, he was a big, big featherweight. So... To see him on that scale at 135 pounds and then put on a, a great performance as well against Marias, who was one of the heavier hitters in the division. And it was a close, it was a split decision. And I I had it in that I had it for Aldo in that fight, but I could also see why the judges could have scored it for Marias um, uh, going with, with the finish. Uh, and, and the ending of that fight. But man, he is the former WEC UFC 145 champion. He's finished four of his 10 UFC wins, two in the first round. Um, and what I love is he, Aldo was already incredibly powerful at 145 pounds with very fast, very fast hands. He's got that brutal kicking game, counters very well, very good footwork. I feel like Moving down to Bantamweight, his movement and how fast his hands are is even faster if that could even happen, which against somebody like Jan, who has phenomenal phenomenal boxing, he's striking, he's impeccable, he is so well-rounded, um, 
and he stalks his opponent very well. He cuts the cage off. I think it will be really interesting because Aldo has to employ, I think, a heavy kicking game. I think the 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 person I I would say uh, I would say Dodson. When I look back at Petra Young's fight against Dodson, Dodson, even though lost, did a really good job of consistently pressuring. And and even though Yan does a really good job of striking in any direction, the constant the constant forward pressure of Dodson really made Yan have to adjust constantly on the fly, which again speaks to his skill. But I feel like Aldo has to employ the same game plan, but also have a heavier kicking game. You know, uh, Ian has a very traditional boxing style stance, which, you know, those type of fighters are very heavy with the lead leg because they want to throw power with everything, which means that he's going to be susceptible to the calf kicks. He's going to be susceptible to the leg kicks. So I really feel like Aldo has to, has to exploit that. And if he can exploit that and really beat up that lead leg, it's going to be harder for Jan to A, move as much, B, throw with as much power, and C, look for those takedowns because he does a very good job of blending. He blends very well, and, and that's kind of what he did with, uh, with the Uriah Faber finish. He kind of blends, blends his movement, blends his level changes, um, and mixes up his strike selection off of that. Um, it's it's so hard when you when you look at Jan, his skill set is so finessed for him. He does a a great job of blending everything together, and his no, I, I'm not going to say his weaknesses, but I said the areas where his opponent could perhaps capitalize on are very very minimal. Um, and, and, and one of the things is he overextends his, himself a little bit when he throws the right hand, particularly the overhand right hand. So I think, I think with Aldo's style, he likes to play that long game and he does have a longer reach. He's got a three inch reach advantage. I think if Aldo can utilize that and, and even further again, move a little bit out and force the kicking range, I think Aldo can have a lot of success because he can then dictate when Jan enters the pocket. Like he, he he's going to be able to control that and really use that to, to both pressure and to counter. And man, Aldo has a insane counter-striking game he he's a shark in the water when he smells blood um he turns it on like crazy he does a really good job of controlling the center so i feel like he he has to go back to that old aldo where he's just constantly forward pressure like putting his opponents back in the cage being explosive being dynamic and really utilizing his his kicking game here and i think everything else will come together for Jan, on the other hand I'm going to say he needs to kind of weather the storm early because I feel like Aldo is going to come out pretty strong. He usually comes out pretty strong uh, in a lot of his fights. Um, and, 
and I think I think for for Jan, he he really has to to faint. He's he's got to faint. He's got to he's got to get Aldo biting on those feints to set up his entries into the pocket. I think he either has to completely stay all the way out of kicking range or he has to go all the way in, initiate the grappling. And even if he doesn't take Aldo down, because again, Aldo in his own right has has very, very high level defensive wrestling. He's very hard to take down. But even just entering in the pocket to strike and to set up that close range where Jan is going to be a lot faster in, in that close range uh, boxing style, I think is going to be very important for him. Um, I, would, I would say like baiting, heavy feigning, and really, you know, you, Aldo is, is very... Muay Thai style with his footwork. Um, it's very, very forward, backwards. Um, he, he does move laterally sometimes, but uh, it, it's, it's really not a lot. He, he likes to use a lot of power. So it, there's a lot of forward and backward motion pressure. So I think with Jan, it, it's cutting those angles. It's going to be very important. Uh, cutting angles, switching stances, um, fainting a lot. And, uh, and, and when he does get into that close range, make it a brawl. Because Aldo does have a tendency uh, to start to stand still, uh, particularly when, when, he, when it gets into that brawl. That's what he did. You know, that's, that's what happened when he fought Max, is Max made it a brawl. And Aldo kind of just stood there and tried to trade. And, and you're not going to be able to do that against somebody who's going to be a little bit faster than you. Uh, but you never know, like Aldo's, Aldo's speed is, is different at, at bantamweight, so it'll be interesting. But I think this this fight, I feel like with, with the all the noise about the main event, this fight is getting so so overlooked. Like both both this fight and the next fight, but the Max Alex fight is getting overlooked because of all the noise around around Masvidal and Usman. But this is this is such a great fight for the bantamweight division where it is and there are particularly after the last pay-per-view there are so many so many contenders you've got Cody Garbrandt you've got Aljamain Sterling um, you've got Sean O'Malley I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to put Sean O'Malley in a title shot next I, I think he just still has another another couple of fights to go and 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 fighting tougher competition, and he's fighting tougher competition every time he steps in the cage. But that—that's another prospect that's coming up, and and it's just a really exciting time. I feel like for the 135-pound division, and it kicks off this Saturday uh, on UFC 251 between Petra Jan and uh, Jose Aldo. And we have a killer rematch in the featherweight division between Alexander Volkanovsky, who beat Max back in December of last year. Uh, against Max Holloway, uh, blessed, blessed era. Um, this is a very, very intriguing, high-level chess match of a rematch because the first fight, I feel like Alex put on probably one of the best performances that he could against somebody of Max's striking caliber. So one of the one of the really 
key things that Alex did a really good job of in their first fight was was attacking the foundation. He attacked Max's legs uh, with the inside leg kick, the outside calf kick. And what he did a really, really great job of is after he kicked, he slipped the punches or he moved laterally to create the angle and was constantly out of the way for Max to be able to counter. And doing so much damage to the leg, it also affects Max's movement a lot. And he, he wasn't able to move as much as he has, as he usually does. And, and that's kind of the way to beat Max is, is the way to beat him is you, you have to match his volume. You have to match his pace. You have to match, match his cardio. Um, and Alex checked all of those boxes. And, you know, when I, when I look back and I watch that fight again, um, a lot of people, and, and I remember like what a lot of people were saying after that fight. Oh, that's such a close fight, and and that fight wasn't a close fight. The first three rounds, Alex was head and shoulders above Max, even though he's shorter. <laughs> that's a funny analogy. Well, I don't know why I said that. Um, Alex, Alex, he set the pace. He set the pace. He was landing more shots. He was landing more effective shots. And Max didn't really have an answer for him. However, in the fourth and fifth round, Max did make the necessary adjustments. So it was a little closer. But Alex also made adjustments too. So it might not have been as big of a big of a difference between the in the output, but Alex was still outlanding for the most part max and max wasn't even though he he had made adjustments and 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 it was a little bit closer i feel like where a lot of people think that the fight was very close is because those last two rounds adjustments were were made which is that's what you do in a championship fight but i feel like alex still did a lot and more to be able to really solidify that unanimous decision victory but, uh, man, Alexander Volkanovsky, what a crazy, crazy run to the UFC. He has had eight, eight fights in the UFC. He's eight. No, he's 21 and one. His only loss was a fight that he took at 175, 170 pounds. Um, and that, that's been a minute ago. Uh, and that was back, back in Australia. He's finished three of his seven wins, um, He's a former rugby player, so if, if a lot of you haven't gone and seen uh, 215-pound Alex Volkanovsky, highly suggest you go look at that picture because it's like a completely different person. He's like this little nugget. He's just like this little, what, five-foot-six stocky nugget that just runs around on a football field. And that's that's where that's where Alex can match the cardio. He, he can keep that consistently high pace for so long because he's been doing that his whole life. Um, Max, you know, we all, we all know Max, the blessed era. Um, one of the, one of the nicest guys, both of these guys, some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, he, even on taking away from his, his last loss from Volkanovsky before that, he was on a 14 fight win streak at 145 pounds. So he 100% 100 deserves this immediate rematch. Um, There's been nobody at 145 pounds that has really unlocked or or kind of really identified the and been able to capitalize 
on on besting Max and, and I think you know Alex Alex really showcased that in their last outing. But Max is is one of the highest strike rates in the UFC. He's finished eleven of his seventeen wins, two in the first round, uh, two by submission. He's he is I would say one of the hardest hardest guys in the division to take down. His counter wrestling is so good. Uh, do does anyone remember him fighting? Like I was watching the Ortega fight the other day and uh, like, I think it was like the, the third or the fourth round at, at the end. Or, I think, I think it was the thir- at the end of the third round, Max, uh, Max defended the takedown from Ortega and like legit was about to jump guillotine, like guillotine, uh, sorry, on fucking Brian Ortega. And I, I just like it makes me laugh so much because that's just how gangster Max is. Like he don't give a shit if you're a black belt. And I remember like his coaches are screaming for him to not jump for that guillotine. Um, but it just it just shows you like the type of competitor. And what I really what I've really loved post this fight and particularly leading up into the into this rematch is the mentality the mentality behind both of these guys, uh, Alex, I, I love hearing from Alex. He's like, look, I want to, I want to finish Max. I want to be, I want to finish him. And I want to really put a stamp that I am the best featherweight in the world, which I love that because that's what you want to hear out of a champion. And Max, Max, on the other hand, he's, he's, he's doing his thing. He's, uh, you know, playing Call of Duty, doing crazy shit. And, and I think like, it blows my mind. If both of these, because I, I have seen that these guys have come out and said that all of their training sessions have been over Zoom, which blows my mind. Like I, I, I don't know if I fully believe that or not. Like you can't tell me that you you haven't done like even a one-on-one session, like a, even just a pad session with a coach, like hitting mitts or something. Like you haven't done even one pad session. Like come on. Like I I don't know if I completely believe that. I know Max seems pretty adamant that uh that they that's all he trained was was through Zoom, but. If that's the case, it's going to make this fight really interesting. I think with Alex utilizing those leg kicks in the first fight, I think Max is going to respect them a lot more. And so I see it being a very, very different fight. Um, I see Max, I see Max switching stances a lot more to avoid those leg kicks. And I see Alex sitting down a little bit more and throwing more power, um, in in with his movement and and I think going into that last fight the question for Alex was he's never gone a high pace five rounds before and he showcased that he can do that and went above and beyond expectations and and went incredibly high volume incredibly high pace for five rounds uh so we know that both of these guys have the ability to do that but I think the the adjustments from the first fight to now that both of them will have to make. I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Alex is gonna sit down a little bit more, throw up a little bit more power, and look to grapple a little bit more. Not necessarily to take Max down, but to close that gap because I think Max is Max is gonna make that gap a little bit further and get out of the kicking range. Real really utilize 
utilize his length. Even though when you look on paper, Alex has a longer reach than Max, but he doesn't use it like Max does. Um, so, so I, re I really see Max kind of making it really, really long range out of that kicking range. So Alex is going to have to kind of wait for Max to enter. And I see him sitting down, throwing heavy, throwing heavier punches and looking to grapple and, and wrestle a little bit more to close that range. Um, and, and I think with, with Max, um, he, he has, he has to out volume because he doesn't necessarily have that fight changing power. And we know that Alex, Alex is, is, is again, also a guy that's hard to put away. He's very rarely does he get rocked. Um, he has a, has a, both of these guys, phenomenal chins. So, um, I don't know. I, I am really, really interested to see the adjustments each camp has made and I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's kind of one of those, it's kind of one of those fights where you don't want either of these guys to lose cause they're just so fucking nice. And they're some of the nicest people you ever meet. And I hate, I hate it when two, two of my favorite fighters have to fight, um, because one of them has to lose, but it's, this is, this is going to be a very high level striking chess match. Um, very high fight IQ. Both of these guys have great cornermen and they, and they have the ability and, and both of them have the ability to, to adjust not only round to round, but they'll, they'll adjust mid round. And, and that's what makes this fight so intriguing. And I think, I think, I think it's going to be very calculated rounds one to two. I see rounds three to four. Um, one of them is going to pick it up. I, th I think they're going to pick it up. They're going to go a lot, a lot more volume, a lot more power. And depending on, on the score going into that, into that fifth round, if it gets that long, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how they adjust again. But man, I'm so excited for this rematch. I think if Alex wins, this really solidifies his position. And, and as, as, as the champion, and not only that, there are so many exciting fights and there's so many people coming up in the 145 pound division that make for insane fights. And Max and Max wins. It, it just it just again proves that he is one of the best in the world to ever do it. And uh, I cannot wait because I, I think again with all the drama going on with uh, the main event with Usman and Masvidal, this fight is, there's not a lot of, a lot of attention being drawn to it, which I feel like it, it doesn't, doesn't do either of these guys justice because they deserve all of the recognition and this fight is being slept on 100%. But uh, I'm excited. The 145 men's featherweight title on the line uh, this summer night on UFC 251. In our main event, we have a crazy turn of events. Uh, obviously, Gilbert Burns testing positive for COVID-19 um, before he left. So he wasn't able to make the trip over there and fight for the title, which is kind of like it, it makes makes me feel for, for Gilbert a lot just because he is he's worked so hard for this spot. And I don't feel I feel like, 
you know, he'll he'll get the winner of this fight. He might have to fight one more time. It really depends on, on what Dana wants to do. But, uh, man, I got a feel for Burns. Uh, he was coming off of those amazing performances against uh, Damian Maya and Tyron Woodley. It seemed like a perfect, perfect natural step, but things happen for a reason, I guess. And Masvidal, gamebred, stepped up on six days' notice, did all of the negotiations because, like, I know, uh, I know the fight fell through the first time because he wasn't happy with money. So I'm guessing he's happy with money now, which, like, power to you, but, like, you should give some to some of the rest of us. Just FYI, no. Um, but got the got the money sorted, got the contract signed, um, passed three COVID tests now, and hopped on a twenty-hour flight, stopped off in Italy to get some pizza because why not? Got twenty-two pounds to cut and is now fighting Kamara Usman in the main event this Saturday night at UFC two fifty-one. What a fucking story, and. I'm I'm kind of like I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of Twitter and what people are saying and and this is a win-win for Masvidal this fight uh, a lot of the notoriety that he's getting this is just further proving what a superstar he is in this sport and I kind of feel a little bit for Usman because. You know, he could have said no to the game, like to the Masvidal fight. Like he could have said no. He had the ability to do that. Um, I was watching Ariel and and Chael fight and uh, their show, and Chael was saying when when he got called to fight John Jones, I think it was on on short notice. Uh, he was saying like he was Dana was just like yeah, you're the eighth guy that have called, and uh, John ended up not not taking that fight on short notice. Um, so kudos. And I think that really proves the type of champion that Usman is like on six days notice for his title. Um, he's willing to, to adjust to a completely different fighting style, completely different opponent, completely different set of skills. Um, and he's done it with such, such like, grace for lack of a better word like I feel like grace I don't know why but it always makes me think of like like dancing like that. I don't know why but like he's he's done it with such class that's a better word uh he's done it with such class and really stepped up and and shown that he is a champion that it doesn't matter who he's fighting doesn't matter on what notice um, he is willing to put his title on the line for, you know, the baddest guy in the division. And, uh, and, and he, sh- he's, I feel like he just should be getting a lot more recognition for that than he is. Uh, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the talk is about Masvidal deservedly so, but I think respect where respect is due is you need to give some respect to Usman as well. But man, what a fight. This is what's fucking crazy about this fight, right? So so Masvidal is 35 and 13. He's 12 and 6 in the UFC. He's like he has he has more losses than Usman has 
like combined fights in the UFC. Uh, you know, Usman was an NCAA Division II wrestling champion. Um, he went up and he trained a lot in Colorado at the Olympic Wrestling Center up there. Um, he was in a tough was that American top team versus black Zillions. He was the cha- He came out the champion. Um, he made his MMA debut in 2012 and finished seven of his 15 wins, three in the first round. He's on a 16 fight win streak. He's coming off of great wins over Woodley, RDA, Damian Meyer, ML Mech. Uh, and he is such a, well-rounded athlete he's so explosive he's got powerful striking great footwork and I really feel like his fight against Covington showcased he has the ability to go into those deep waters he has the ability to get hit like he did and still put on the performance that he did because both of those guys you could tell with every punch that they threw that they fucking hated each other, which as a spectator, I loved 100%. But like when you're in the middle of a fight like that, it is so easy to to let emotions get in the way. It's so easy to to just ignore skill. Uh, but I think what Usman did a really good job of, of just sticking to his fundamentals, he put on a great performance, ended up with the finish. But on the other hand, you have Masvidal who debuted, who debuted on paper in 2003. That's just the, that's just the fights that we know about. Um, this is a guy who epitomizes the street fighter, but I feel like calling him a street fighter now in his career is a bit of an insult. I think he has a mentality of a street fighter, but his skill set is so underrated. He has this he has this really great ability of of lulling you into his style of fight. Um he's very explosive and what he does is he kind of he kind of relaxes. He's very relaxed with his striking style. And then explodes into those big, big power punches or the, the big flying knees. Um, and from that, he lulls you into this, this false sense of like, oh, you're kind of like, you're, you're beating him. Oh, I'm, I'm able to hit some shots. But his range control is, I feel like it's nothing that Usman has ever felt before. And I think the experience of, of his, what, 48 40 yeah 48 actually like on paper fights is is gonna show um but again Usman is also the type of guy he adapts and he gets better every single fight and I think you know Maswell does have a couple losses um you know he's 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 got that loss to uh Stephen Thompson I think what what Thompson did a really good job of is is constantly moving not not standing right in front of him constantly moving constantly cutting angles that in and out motion which I think if if Usman kind of takes that approach like he's obviously not going to have that that Taekwondo style um that 
Stephen does, but kind of that in and out motion, constantly laterally moving, just coming in, punching, exiting the pocket, moving, creating another, and keep keep on doing that, and not letting Masvidal counter strike or really, really get his momentum going. I think it's it's going to be a a great night for Usman if he can really just stop that, stop the momentum of Masvidal, Masvidal. Because I feel like when I watch Masvidal fight, when he when he gets going, he's really fucking hard to stop, and unless you have you know something crazy up your sleeve, like he he's just technically so so. He has such a high fight IQ and and the ability to read his opponents. Um, But, man, I think... uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if Usman tries to wrestle heavy. Uh, Masvidal does have some some heavy striking. So I wouldn't be surprised if Usman does initiate a lot of the grappling exchanges. And uh, what I I actually found intriguing, which, which... made me even more excited for this fight is I was watching a interview that Dustin Poirier did. Um, obviously he's George's training partner and what Dustin was saying, he's like, look, this isn't a guy that's coming in off the couch, not in shape. I said, this is a guy that was my main training partner, my entire camp and not just him for a couple other guys. And he was flying in the best wrestlers in the world just for him to to train for Usman because like you know like Usman has some of the best wrestling um in the division he's he wasn't a NCAA division two wrestling champ for no reason and he has proven again and again in his fights that he is wrestling heaven he utilizes where he is good very well so you know, Dustin was like, look, this is, he is in fight shape. He's like, even when the fight fell through, he kept training. Like the, the fight with Usman fell through. Cause he's like, look, you're not giving me enough money, blah, blah, blah. Um, Dustin was like, no, nah. like he, he's like, I don't know what it was. He had a premonition or something. I said, but he kept training like that fight was going to happen. So, which then like when I heard that, cause like there was a big, big question in my mind was, how in shape is Masvidal? Because there's there's like fight shape and then there's like, I'm still training. I'm still training and I, I'm working on my technique. I'm working on, you know, adding skills, adding tools to the belt, that type of stuff. But I think after hearing that, I think it's going to be a lot closer fight than people think. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like Masvidal has, has a very clear-cut path to victory and Usman has a very clear-cut path to victory. I think Usman has to just grapple heavy. He has to pick pick his moments. He has to not get emotional. Be very, very technical. And and, and when, when Usman has the ability to be technical and just pinpoint accuracy he does his best work and 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 if he can get you on that cage he will grind you out and he will wear you down and th- and that that is his bread and butter whereas Masvidal has to make it a brawl he's got to make it high pace high volume make it a brawl be in Usman's face from the first bell to the last bell or however long this fight goes 
He has to drag it to the deep end because Masvidal knows that if it goes to the deep end, his chances of coming away with, with that with that big finish or that big win, it, it his chances go up significantly. Because even though Usman showed in his Covington fight that he has the ability to kind of brawl, he still had a little issue with the constant forward pressure. And I think with Masvidal, Masvidal's movement and lateral movement is so much better than Covington's. Covington is a very stationary walk forward. I'm just going to constantly walk forward no matter how much you hit me type of fighter, which works for him. That's how, that's how he wins. That's how he breaks people is that constant forward pressure. I'm not saying that's bad. But when you're comparing Masvidal to Covington, Mas, Masvidal is, has, has a much higher fight IQ and, and he's going to pin, pinpoint those big shots because he's he's going to be smart about looking for that for that finish, whereas Covington just kind of wanted to throw everything because he hated the guy. But um, man, I I think this fight is going to be very close. I'm so excited. Um, I'm really really intrigued to see if 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 Masvidal is in shape, if he's not in shape, what's going to happen? How Usman adjusts to a change of opponent at last minute. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, an incredibly high caliber fight and both of these guys are, put on, are going to put on a performance. And, and I think both of them deserve the respect um, for the adjustments that they've had to make and, and really showcases that they are some of the best world-class athletes in this division. And I, I'm just excited to watch. Uh, we finally, finally get, to, get to see the island if they're actually going to be fighting on, a, on the beach. Which, if they are, that's kind of gangster as fuck. But uh, I'm really excited. Uh, UFC 251 this weekend. So uh, that's my pit, that's my uh, breakdown for the main event of uh, Kamara Usman versus uh, Masvidal for the 175-170-pound uh, title. Uh, make sure you guys write in the comments uh, who you've got. Let me know uh, who you've got for the entire card if you want or just the main card. Whatever you want. Make sure you subscribe and like my channel and like the video. And uh, we'll see you next week. We've got two cards next week. So we'll be back next week breaking those cards down. I've got a couple teammates on there. So I'm really excited for the cards next week. But see you guys later.